You're listening to the Built Shapes Podcast, presented by Midco Sports Network. Midco SN is proud to bring you the region's best coverage of University of North Dakota athletics. And that's the case again this week. Tune in Thursday and Friday night for UND basketball against Denver. And again on Saturday for UND hockey at Minnesota Duluth. It is all on Midco Sports Network. This is how we do sports. And this is the Built Shapes Podcast. All right, welcome to another edition of the Bill Shaves Podcast. Taping this on a Monday morning, January the 20th, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Alex Hyman, Bill Shaves here with you. Uh, a quiet day around the UND campus with schools shut down, etc. But it's maybe a good reset day, Bill, for you and the staff as you're in the middle of this really busy time of year with all these sports going on. Yeah, we were mentioning off air that, uh, you know, it's just tricky uh, uh, time of the year because we have all of our programs, they practice at different times of the day. And obviously, they're all on different schedules as far as whether they're home or on the road on a given week. So uh, to try to get, you know, everyone in the same room at the same time, uh, it's almost impossible. I, I mean, truly, because literally, they they may not be in Grand Forks, including myself uh, coming yeah. up midweek. <laughs> so so there's, you know, there, it just... That's part of the uh, part of the time frame that we're in, and you know, uh, I know this. You just can't be everywhere um, all the time, and so that's why we have an awesome staff, and that's why people have different roles, and uh, and that's how we kind of how we kind of roll, ex- especially right now during this time frame. Certainly, a busy time of year. The weather this past week made it even a little busier. A lot of issues with having to reschedule games and having track meets get canceled or, or at least restructured, having flights delayed. How many times have you seen a flight delayed because it was too cold for the de-icer to work, Bill? That was, uh, that was a new one. Uh, I was, <laughs> I, I, I know this. I, I'm, sometimes you go on um, trips, Alex, and you learn things. And uh, I, I, when we do some charters, you know, charters are interesting too. Like, I'll call it just air travel, air travel. You just never know. And obviously the very first box that you want to check is safety. And so, you know, but I really didn't know that was a thing. I I didn't know that. And, uh, I just, uh, I'm always curious, you know, I was talking to the, uh, um, you know, the folks, uh, that, that, that work over at GFK and they said exactly that. I mean, I think it, it, they've got to get to minus 25. And so we got there and I believe we might've been minus 28. So we literally, literally were waiting for the temperature to rise to minus 25. (laughs) I'm not even sure I understand what I just said, but I think I said it right. (laughs) <laughs> it's an only in Grand Forks type of a moment there. It's just Jeremy Klein, who produces a lot of our live games and, and does a lot of great stuff behind the scenes and some things on camera for us at Midco, was on that trip for UND Hockey from Grand Forks to Miami for the series this weekend. And he had also been on the trip when UND Football was trying to get to Pocatello for Idaho State. And we had a little text thread going with our Midco staff. And he was like, man, I can just pick the trips, right? Because we kind of we rotate going to different ones. And he's not had great travel luck with his experience. But glad the temperature rose and glad you got out of town and glad you were able to join the hockey team as they took five out of six points on the road this weekend against Miami. Difficult conditions. I, I mean, just these, these weren't easy games. UND fell down on both Friday and Saturday night, 2 nothing in the first period. Friday, it was right away they were down. But great resiliency again from the guys to fight their way back and put themselves in position to take near maximum points in a road series against a team that has really improved since the first time we saw them back in November. Yeah, no question about it, Alex. I, yeah, it was a, 
it was kind of an interesting uh, two games. Uh, and, and I guess you look at the end result, end result, five out of six, extending the lead in the NCHC. Um, actually going, I think, from two to one in the pairwise. So, so there were with uh, with Cornell tying on Friday at home, and so uh, yeah, I, a lot of a lot of good things resulted, but uh, no, it was not easy by any stretch of the imagination, and uh, uh, and that's kind of what you get. I mean, I you know you're going to have teams that are going to get better as the year goes on, and certainly Miami has some some really good players, and uh, they're at home, so they get last change, and you know they are able to sort of. Uh, uh, manipulate, I guess, the matchups as best as they want. And so, uh, but I thought our guys showed some resiliency for sure. And, uh, uh, you know, Brad Schlossman, who covers, uh, covers us and co- covers college hockey, you know, just so great. Uh, you know, there was some sort of statistic of how many minutes each team was leading over the weekend. And it was, it was quite staggering to tell you the truth. And to get five out of six just shows you, um, again, the only word I can use is resiliency of the team it was impressive to me that they were able to do what they did despite the fact they were really again it's another weekend where they were shorthanded they weren't at 100 percent with Shane Penso being suspended for the game on Friday night after the illegal cross check from the week before and then Colton Pullman didn't make the trip because of an injury that he suffered in that series the week before so there you know and obviously that's it's always tough to go on the road any place in the NCHC or any place in college hockey period and for this team to kind of fight through maybe not their best performance and still come out with these results. Now, obviously, Brad Berry said after the fact, too, that they're hoping for better performances. Like, they know we need to get better at the start. We know we need to, you know, there was a moment there where they kind of took a couple of, you want to say bad penalties, but, you know, just penalties they didn't necessarily need to take, a tripping penalty in the offensive zone that led to a goal, et cetera. So they know they've got things to work on, but they're still able to do so. We, we talked about, you know, trying to learn lessons from from losses versus wins on the pod last week. This was sort of a situation where they can kind of learn some more lessons here from from a overtime win and a regulation victory. Two really hard-fought games that they, again, they just kind of find a way. It just seemed inevitable that they would figure it out, and they were able to do so again this weekend. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, and uh, I, I think part of it is just part of, you know, um, not everything's going to go perfect throughout the year. And, uh, it's you know, in a, a January series uh, on, on away ice, it's going to be sometimes difficult. And, uh, you know, we just, uh, we've, we've certainly gotten behind in games and that hasn't helped, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, terminology. And I think Brad and a lot of our coaches like to use it is, you know, we, 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 we then start chasing the game a little bit. And so, you know, all the things that you've done throughout the week, I think from a strategic standpoint, as far as how you want to manage and handle uh, the opposition, that probably uh, was it with a mindset that maybe it's zero zero for a while and maybe you're out of the box and you're playing uh, even strength. And so, you know, and so some of those things, uh, you know, we had to battle a little bit, but in some ways, you know, the, it, it, it might be something we've got to call upon later on in the year. So uh, yeah, so got out of there five out of six. And so, uh, and then head into a, a pretty big weekend series uh, where we only played Duluth once this year. So, uh, and it's at their place and, you know, it'll be, uh, be interesting to see, uh, see how that series goes. Two-time defending national champs in a place where UND has not had 
an overwhelming amount of success in recent seasons. They split last year in Duluth. That kind of ended a long run where Duluth really had UND's number. Obviously, UMD is coming off a sweep of their own in which they didn't get anything out of a series at St. Cloud State, and they now find themselves level with Denver in the chase for the Penrose in second place right now. But yeah, it is in in soccer parlance. I mean, it's a, it's a 12-point weekend. I mean, this is an opportunity for UND either to put a lot of separation between themselves and the team that's directly behind them or for the dogs to get really close. I mean, this could be a one-game race essentially after this weekend if things don't, you don't, don't go UND's way. It all makes for a really exciting, important couple of games on Friday, Saturday. And it's exciting, too, because CBS Sports Network will have the game Friday, and we're bringing the game back on Saturday. So even if you don't have nchc.tv, you'll be able to watch both games from from the comforts of your living room if you don't want to make the drive up to Duluth. That's great. The uh, um, Or, you know, I guess the other side of it, that right, that's if someone takes maybe five or six points, but then uh, you could be in split mode. It could be neutral. You could be neutral, right? And then all of a sudden, another week has gone by. And depending, of course, what Denver would have done, you know, you might just be a, a, a week later in the calendar and you have the same separation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's what makes these games so big. So, again, if you're a North Dakota and you go in and you can win the series with, with four or five or six points, fantastic. A split's not the worst thing. You're going to keep moving on. You keep that separation. But I know, obviously, those guys will be aiming for a pair of wins uh, up in well, on the shores of Lake Superior here in a couple of days. That's right. That's right. That was your first trip to Oxford, right, Bill? It was. It was. What were your impressions? Did, did, you, did you make it to Skyline Chile? That's maybe the first question. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, I, I heard a lot about Skyline Chile. I, you know what? I was doing a lot of, um, again, uh, boy, Brad Schlossman making this pod a lot here uh, today. Um, I, I, did a, I did some, um, I did a little uh, intel seeking on the flight back because we we beat the team back to the uh to where we had to load and uh and brad was there and and there was a few folks that had tried it and uh i don't want to say there's mixed reviews but with like anything in food there can be mixed reviews and so now i'll pause and see whether or not i i try it the next time i go to oxford but uh but certainly if you talk to brad he's all in he's all in others Eh, it's okay. It's good. It's good. I, I checked it off. May not need to go again. So there's, again, that's your typical food, right? It's, it's, it's I as in the beholder. So the answer is no cute college town, um, yeah. for sure. Uh, very, uh, uh, very collegiate feel to it, right? It's got that beautiful brick and, uh, um, tricky, tricky to get to for sure. Like the, uh, the actual, roads right to from Dayton or Cincinnati depending on where you want to come from uh, not easy that's that's what I, you could get lost you uh, you take one if you're challenged and you don't want to and you're stubborn and don't want to have Siri by your side it, it could be a it could be challenging you could find yourself I don't know where in Pennsylvania you could yeah. find yourself I don't even know where you could you could just it is it is a tough little jaunt from where we landed until uh, you get to Oxford. In every sport, you're going to have out of the way destinations like this. But, you know, you're an hour away when you land, whether it is in Dayton or Cincy to get to Oxford. And it is it is uh, it is rural country out there. And you kind of go through some little towns and there are some twists and turns. But the final destination, though, is fun. And that is one of the fun things about this league is that you can go from big cities like Denver to really little hamlets like Oxford and it's a completely different experience. And yet 
it's not any lesser. Like, I really enjoy it. I've been to Oxford a couple times, and it's a, it's a fun place to be. So glad you got to go and to experience. I personally have been to Skyline Chili with Brad, by the way, several times, and have not actually tried the actual Skyline Chili. I usually just get a chicken wrap instead. It's just not something... Not some, they, they have good French fries there. They actually, it's actually kind of a decent menu with some different options. I've just not been a since because it's Cincinnati chili. It's spaghetti with chili on top, which is just the whatever whatever old old Ohio recipe that uh, I just have never been brave enough to actually try. So you're not the only one. Little bit of a chain, I guess, right? Just yeah. found in Ohio, maybe, yeah. and maybe uh, who knows? Uh, maybe it sneaks into Kentucky a little bit. But at the end of the day, Ohio for sure. And uh, yeah, I um, did not, and so doesn't mean I won't. I I, I wasn't certainly. There, there's no sort of protest going on here. None. There was none. So uh, I just just made the choice not to go. Shaves hates skyline chili. That's the headline you should take from this. Right, oh. right, right in Ohio. <laughs> Banned from coming back to Ohio. I do love, last thing on this, and then we'll move on to something else. The fact that in front of the UND bench, the advertising board, Skyline Chili. Of course. Of course it is. Right in front of where Brad Berry stands the whole game. Just, you can't, you can't make it up. Just fantastic. So, hockey again takes five of six from the Red Hawks. Friday night's game in Duluth is at 7.30 on CBS Sports Network. And then Saturday, 7 o'clock, which you can catch live on Midco SN. Busy weekend for hoops, of course, as well. Uh, the men and the women entering this Dakota rivalry series for the first time this season, uh, and both finishing up long road trips. And unfortunately, you know, both not, neither could really get any traction either against South Dakota State in midweek. Uh, the North Dakota State games, of course, both were awfully close on Sunday. The men's game, of course, had to be moved from Saturday to Sunday because of the blizzard. A lot of moving parts here, and you ended up having an old-fashioned doubleheader. Uh, what did you make of of kind of the basketball week as a whole for UND, and where does it kind of put them right now in the season? Yeah, but I, I'd say, um, you know, we're definitely in that tricky part where we had a lot of road games in a row. And again, just uh, if you if you haven't done this, all you have to do is go into uh, go into a site that has. Uh, all the conference standings and ones that go a little bit further and say home home wins and road wins in just you find out how challenging it is to win on the road. And we're just kind of in that we were we knew this was going to be a tough stretch for both teams. And uh, unfortunately, we, we, we just didn't find a way to to, to sneak one out. And so uh, and, and yeah, yesterday, I'd say, uh, you know, between both teams uh, in Fargo, uh, you know, the men, the men were knocking on the door just couldn't get it uh just just couldn't tie the game and the women actually even closer right i mean to some degree uh you know found a way to get down one with the ball a couple of times and uh i just think if uh, we found a way to take the lead it would have been a different a different mindset ndsu uh you know found a way to just just uh keep keep the lead and you know i think with uh, melissa being out right now i i probably in my mind undersold uh her uh in the teams uh, uh, having to adapt without playing with such a presence. Uh, And, you know, we talked off the pod prior to the call, you know, not many stretch fives in the country. I mean, that's the truth. And so, you know, she alters so many shots and we knew kind of what our uh, rotations were. And so now we're kind of revisiting all that again. And so, you know, now, now we just have to figure it out. And, uh, you know, so, some it's opportunities for, for some of our ladies to step up. But, uh, but it, you're right. The, it, you know, as we were talking before, 
mm, some of our uh, uh, rotations and uh, and roles have altered. It's amazing what losing, you know, someone like that. And obviously the women's team is, is deep. You know, they can go nine, ten deep. They have a lot of girls that can play. But a lot of those girls, again, five, I'm sorry, six of those girls are freshmen. And so when you take away a junior upperclassman that had been a starter for the majority of this season, and as you said, not just a stretch five, but a six-six stretch five who can shoot and also was the summit league leader in blocks when she went down with that hand injury, you take her out of the lineup, and that just kind of, you know, as you said, that that has forced them to change and adjust on the fly. And when they've had to do that on the road against some of the better teams in the league, that can be difficult. And on the women's side, though, the one positive, now they get to come back home for a couple games and a couple really important games this week with Denver coming up on Friday, a team who they've beaten already this season on the road, but who's a very talented, hungry team that has some dangerous players. And then a big one against Western Illinois on Sunday at two o'clock Western, who's well, UND has lost three in a row. Western's won three in a row and has kind of figured things out. And they're now four and two in conference. And they've just moved one spot ahead of UND to third place in the summit league standings. So a really key week for Travis Brewster and company to try and, steady the sheep a bit at home where they've been so good this season and try and regain a little bit of traction here midway through the summit league campaign. Yeah. Same with the men, right? I mean, same story, same story. Yep. Play, uh, play Thursday, Saturday on the men's side, Friday, Sunday on the women's side, boy, I, I'll tell you, it, it is just tricky having an odd number of teams in the league. Huh? It, there's, you can play on literally any day of the week. Yeah. And, and that's, that's part of the challenge for all the teams. And, you know, um, it's certainly not, it's not a complaint by any stretch. It's just fact that it becomes really kind of tricky and there's nothing better. I think as humans, we, we like to be in routines and, you know, I, I the, the one thing we're not in is any sort of routine on, on either side. And, uh, and that's challenging for our fans, for sure. Challenging for our, 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 our students that are having to go to school, balance all of this. And, uh, but, you know, hopefully we'll get some good crowds and, you know, it's, it's challenging, you know, you play home Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday. And, you know, that's tough on our fan base too. And so it's just, there's a lot of pieces that, you know, you know, moving forward again, I think we'll have conversations again about hopefully evening this out. It's not lost on commissioner Dupal by any stretch or anybody in the summit league office. And, you know, I think uh, it would be exciting if we can get to that point at some stage, but, uh, but with both teams being home, no doubt, Alex, I mean, you know, uh, it's one of those, you know, you got to take them uh, literally a Thursday first and then Friday. And, but to find a way to protect the Betty is huge. There are some positive signs there that they're coming back to a place that they feel comfortable in. And hopefully, like you said, the crowds can be good. They can feel that support and both get back on the winning track here against a couple of big teams. You mentioned the women, by the way, playing two good teams in DU and Western. The men, are it's kind of a similar story. That, you know, Denver's a team that they beat on the road earlier this season that's struggling again this year, even though they're extremely talented. And then Western's a team that is kind of down at that bottom half of the Summit League table as well, but has the capability of beating anybody on any given night. It's just this, again, the men's race is still so wide open. Anybody can pick anybody off at any given time. And for UND to sort of keep keep themselves in the conversation of being a mid, you know, middle table team instead of being sucked into that relegation battle into that spot for the nine, they really could use a win or two here coming up this week. Yeah, it, because I think no matter where you are, you know, I would say if you look back at, at most seasons, maybe one or two um, veteran teams have 
have maybe put themselves in a place where they feel as if it's their year to win it. Other than that, if you're one of those other three through nine, you know, depending on how that week is going or month, you know, you might be in an ebb or a flow and, and truly we have got to figure out a way to, to kind of stem the tide right now, get a couple of W's and, uh, and then try to get to a point in March, as we saw last year, right. With South Dakota state as the number one seed on uh, even a, I wouldn't even call it a neutral court it's but it was it wasn't south dakota state's court for sure i get that it's not frost arena but at the end of the day they they certainly had a, a lot of fans there but it's still not their court and you know you you put yourself in that position to get to that tournament and try to find a way to uh string three together that's the goal that's what you got to do and that's that's what this team is aiming for so march is the focus but Late January, it'd be nice to start getting back on track. So a couple of good opportunities this week. Again, those Denver games Thursday and Friday at 7 are live on MidCoSN. The games against Western Illinois, Saturday at 7 for the men, Sunday at 2 for the women. Those will be on Fox Sports North this week. So plan accordingly. Just get out to the Betty, and you won't have to worry about figuring out what channel you're watching come midweek. Uh, one other kind of unique thing this week because of schedules. Again, we mentioned the NDSU game for the men moved to Sunday this past weekend. Track and field was also supposed to be competing, first in Brookings and then in Fargo, and then not, none of, neither of those happened. So sometimes you know, when I-29 shuts down, you're just kind of stuck, and that was the case this week for Christine Angle and company. So we will try again. We'll try again this weekend. Yep, we're going to try again in Brookings. So uh, we'll see what ends up happening. Hopefully, hopefully it's not a repeat for sure. I'm looking at the weather. I think we're okay, generally speaking. Um, but yeah, I, that's it, Alex. I mean, you know, you, you're going to hop on a bus and the bus company, obviously, safety first. We're, we're back to the what we said before as far as the de-icing, right? A bit, safety first. And either the roadways are open or they're not. And, uh, you know, you're going you're gonna to do what's right uh, to make sure that everyone is uh, as safe as possible. Yeah, when the temperatures are as cold as they were, you know, negative, certainly negative single digits during the day, negative 20s in the evening. And when the wind is whipping at 20, 30, 40, 50 mile an hour gusts and you've got snow, not great. So glad our kids did not make that trip south and glad that they don't have to wait very long. As you said, indoor season rolls on the Jim Emmerich invite in Brookings on Saturday. Now the sort of real opener for the 2020 indoor campaign for the UND men and women. One other note from a football perspective, this last week since we potted last, C.J. Siegel was named an FCS freshman All-American by Phil Steele, second freshman defender in a row for UND to get that honor. Noah Larson was named one a season ago. That's kind of fun, even though we're sort of a couple of weeks removed now, even from major college football being done. Fun to still see some of these awards trickle out and see one of our own. Again, C.J. had a fantastic year. Cool to see him recognized for his accomplishment this past season as a first-time starter. Yeah, good, good for CJ. He did have a good, uh, good season. So uh, that'll give him a little bit of a bump as he goes into the uh, winter training period right now, prior to spring ball. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's always good to get awards, and uh, we'll look forward to having him uh, back in the defensive unit next year. And uh, um, you know, uh, I, I, like I said, may, maybe it gives you just a kernel more confidence in, in a sense, which is great. Yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it. I mean, I think most people would be like, hey, I, 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 it's more about a team award. But if they're going to give out individual awards, certainly it's nice to be recognized. Incredible, by the way, that spring football is really just a month away. I think February 28th, that gets started. Yeah. Not a, not a very long off season for those guys. Right back at it. There really is no off season. I, I mean, really, if you think yeah. about it, you, you really are. You're just in different parts of the calendar. That's it. 
I mean, uh, that's, you know, because even at that point, you know, you're, you're, you've got spring, spring practices. And then as we like to call it now, and I think it's appropriate back in the day, quote unquote, it used to be probably more of a game atmosphere, but now it's just more of a wrap up. I mean, you're just, you're finishing up your spring and then you're heading right into, you know, the uh, end of your, uh, um, end of your semester, finish strong, hopefully academically. And then you're back into summer, summer workouts. And so it's just, there's a rhythm to that, to that sport for sure. Circle of life. Yeah. Yep. Oh, well, congrats again to CJ and then looking forward to seeing him and the rest of the team on the field coming up in just a couple of weeks time for spring practice. Can you imagine we're already opening the tennis season though this weekend? Yeah. Isn't that something? We've got tennis. The uh, uh, women are heading uh, to Omaha and uh, they'll be playing on Friday against Missouri State and then Creighton on Saturday. And the men go to Madison, play Northern Illinois on Saturday and uh, Wisconsin on Sunday. So if you're feeling chilly, you can put on the Australian Open and think about our teams playing as well. That's what we do in my house. We had, we had it on last night. The, Did we're you watching, really? Watching Fed. We love, love the Aussie Open. Oh, it's the best. I think part of it is because it is just that. You are watching a sport that's being played in the Southern Hemisphere where it's summer. And there's just something special about seeing people walking around in shorts and T-shirts and eating snow cones. And then obviously watching, you know... Major, major tennis is is great. It's just fantastic. It's unbelievable. I agree. I that would be one of the uh, you know I the old what was called Lipton or whatever in Key Biscayne. That that is one that's kind of called quote unquote the fifth major. So I've been to that. I've been to the U.S. Open in New York. But I I do at some point in time I want to get to the other three. But you have to kind of figure those things out a little bit. Um, it, but I do. I, I I really look forward to going to the Australian Open. And I you know and I I listen to. Uh, you know, kind of their, uh, I don't know, open, if you will, yesterday to just kind of oversee the tournament, so to speak. But boy, they've had some some real fires down there and, and they always have fire season. But boy, they were talking about, you know, potentially having to what move it. They, they they've had to like think through. And when I was in uh, when I was in Spokane area, there was a lot of that issue in Washington. And I got to know air quality index pretty well. And, uh, you know, you, you've got to be really, really careful, especially with asthmatics. And so it, it can be tricky. I know the bushfires down there. We actually talked about this on, this is two weeks ago now, but the Omaha UND games, because Omaha had a couple of Aussies on their women's basketball team. And, you know, we, we obviously have one on the women's side. And this was right at the time when it was at its worst. And we had sent firefighters down from the U.S. to help out. And, but like millions and millions of acres had burns and, it's um, thankfully from an Australian Open perspective, Melbourne obviously is right on the bottom side of the country, and a lot of the fires are happening more to the a little more to the north. I mean, still in the in the southeastern part of Australia, but it's uh, they they deemed that it wasn't bad enough to affect the tournament, and they said the air quality was good for day one. So thankfully, they haven't had to rearrange some things. But I know some of the lead up tournaments. I think the tournament in Brisbane in the in the build up to the tournament that some of those matches had to be postponed. But yeah, it's something they're certainly watching, and it's. Scary stuff. And yeah, as you said, those those things happen a lot, but not like this. They've had serious, serious issues down there. So our thoughts and prayers to the folks down in, in uh, at the bottom of the world, down under. So No doubt, no doubt. And a big, big uh, Venus got bumped, huh? Yeah, Coco Goff, again. This is this has now happened at Wimbledon. The youngest player in the field beating the oldest player in the field, kind of the passing of the torch. It was so funny that they got paired up with each other. What what are the how does that even happen in in a draw? It, it blows me away. That's happened twice now in 
two of the last three majors they've played each other in the first round. Very weird. Yep. Yep. But good for Coco. Good for Coco. Love a Coco. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, one other one other UND slash NCAA thing. Bill, you're getting set to head off to the convention. You're going. You're speaking of travel. You're going to to California and to Florida this week on a couple of different duties. Talk about the excitement that kind of goes with the big convention that's coming up this Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, we mentioned in a couple other pods at some stage of the game. Uh, as a Division One AD, uh, I'll call it not required to be there like you are Division Two or Three, where they're actually business and there's, you know, they're actually voting on things, literally. Um, it, that's not so much the case with Division One, But given uh, the fact that the, the name image likeness issues that have occurred um, over the course of the last, uh, certainly picked up steam over the last six months, but probably probably has been in conversation over the last year, uh, just feel as though, you know, there's just, uh, I, I need to be there. We've got, we've got programs that, you know, that who knows could be affected at some stage. And so just to be there is, I think, the right thing to do. And then, uh, yeah, then the National Association of Collegiate Directors of Athletic, NACTA, uh, I, I serve on their board. There's 125 FCS ADs, and so there's two that serve on their board, myself and Thor Bjorn from Rhode Island. And so, uh, so there's some uh, meetings uh, over the weekend. And uh, so, so between the two, uh, I think uh, between the, the meetings uh, at the convention and at NACTA, I'm going to get a really pretty good, I guess, feel for, I guess I can read like everybody else that's, that's, you know, you know, certain things are occurring, but I really will want to understand kind of where we are, especially from a federal standpoint, you know, what, what are we hearing from Washington, DC? Like literally, what are we really hearing right now? Because, you know, sometimes you're reading some things and there could be posturing happening. And I, you know, I, I just, I, I'm kind of more like, all right, wh- where are we headed? Where are we headed? Where are we going? And, uh, and you can really only get that Alex really when you're face to face and, and, and sort of it, at these types of things. So, uh, so more to come. I think we're going to pod next week a day late, a day late. So we usually pod on a Monday for Tuesday. So next week we'll pod on a Tuesday and we'll, we'll revisit what I learned. And maybe, maybe it's not a whole lot. Maybe there's, Maybe they just haven't gotten to a place yet. We'll find out, but I'll do my best. We, we look forward to that recap. It's going to be an exciting pod come next week. You're not going to want to miss. Episode 62 is going to be one of the best, at least in the top five. Top five of best pods. I got wow, you're already putting the pressure on. We'll see. I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't do much for you with Skyline Chili. So, I mean, if, if you were kind of going down that path to get a recap and a review, it didn't, it didn't work, you know? We'll try again next week. We'll try again. Yeah, it'll be good. So be sure to tune in. I think it will be good. I think I will get a pretty good understanding of, let's be honest here. We cannot not have 50 different rules for 50 different states. I mean, I, I, can we all agree to that? I mean, I, I, it's hard to get people consensus and agree. Can we agree to that? That 50, 50 different rules across the country is not going to work. And so, so then, then the question is, where truly do we stand right now with getting some uh, a uniform way to doing things? And it's just maybe altered from what we're doing today. But more to come. Yeah, more to come. More to come. Excited to hear how those conversations shake out over the course of this next week. Anything else on your plate, Bill, you want to chat on from an A-side perspective? 
I think we're good. I think we, we kind of touched on everything. So, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's have a great week and, uh, look forward to having folks come out to the Betty, uh, you know, several times. And, uh, and obviously we've got some, uh, some teams on the road as well, and hopefully their travels will be okay. And hopefully the results will be as well. And, you know, I would say the last thing from a Martin Luther King standpoint, you know, obviously, yes. uh, Martin Luther King day, and, uh, obviously we're observing it and, uh, however you do to observe things, you know, hopefully, the vision he had. We're continuing to try to plug and move forward. Um, was able to kind of tweet a, a uh, I'll call it a report card that he had and uh, got a C in communications. <laughs> so one of two things either happened. He was a late bloomer um, and, and, or really, uh, I don't know. There's a lot that you could peel back on that grade. I'm sure there's a story there, but I will say this. Don't let a grade get you down. If MLK got a C in communications, yeah, there was either pretty high bar, pretty high bar. <laughs> I want to see what everybody else got in that class. I had just had seen before we started the pod, uh, someone had tweeted out just an old interview that he had done with NBC back in 1967, in which he was just kind of talking about sort of the situation of, you know, just race relations in America and how, you know, maybe why things were the way they were and why why he felt as strongly as he did about um, the plight of African-Americans in this country. And you just forget, obviously time has gone on and, you know, that's now 50 plus years ago that this happens. But the fact that he was such, because he really was, he was an incredible communicator and an incredibly thoughtful man and obviously very passionate about something that matters so much in our country of trying to look, really fight for real equality instead of just kind of lip service equality. And it was a short two minute clip, but man, it just captured a lot of what he was all about and, in a really small snippet, but obviously it was about a lot more than that. But yeah, special day to sit back and remember and not just enjoy for maybe a lot of you, maybe just, just a day away from work or a day to kind of rest and relax, but to really think about something that's really important in our country and in our world. And it's about trying to treat people with, with respect and trying to fight for a better place, you know, for us and for future generations. Correct. Correct. Uh, all of that. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, I, I just, it, that struck me when I saw that um, that literal photo of, of his report card. And it just goes back to, you know, I, I we're in the world of education and grades, uh, albeit you do need to probably have some sort of a metric by which you have grades, but learning can happen in so many other ways. And, you know, I, that's why I'm bullish on, you know, what our student athletes are able to do. And, you know, yes, especially if you have, um, you know, a, a certain specified, uh, discipline that you're in, whether it be, you know, a, a heart surgeon, obviously you need to certain, you know, technical, um, abilities to do some things, but learning can happen in so many different ways. And our, our student athletes learn at, certainly outside the classroom as well, you know, and literally I, you know, I'm 53. I, I didn't know that de-icing couldn't occur from 28 to 25. It really, I mean, and that's something that's like a real deal. Like, like, so a lot of our, you know, hockey players and the folks that were there, you know, we, we just, you know, waited like anybody else would wait, but you learn that as you go forward and who knows where you take that in life at some point in time, you could be with your family, you could be, but the long story short of it is, you know, I always kind of figure you don't get too high. You don't get too low. I mean, you just kind of take things as they come. And if you know that the box of safety is most important, then you know what? That's what we're going to end up doing. And then you just hope to communicate uh, and make sure that folks understand what's occurring. So really back to communication, ultimately. <laughs> I, I looped all the way around and got back to communication. We, we made it. It was, it was a round trip, but we got there. It was yeah, hard. Yeah, I, I was struggling to land the plane. But I finally <laughs> landed the plane. 
Oh. Uh, speaking of taking things as they come, let's slip over to the B side and let's talk about the fact that our Major League Baseball team now does not have a manager. This this sign-stealing thing broke maybe 20 minutes after we recorded our podcast last week. And as obviously, we've been talking about the Astros and, and the issues that they've had and what Major League Baseball was going to do with that for weeks now. But the punishments came down last Monday. You know, we've had three managers fired now in the time since. And now that the conversation has really revolved around, it did Major League Baseball do enough? Was the punishment for the Astros, the $5 million dollars, that they've been fined this year suspension who have, you know, for the GM and for the coach who now have both been fired and the loss of draft picks. Was that enough or should they have done more for this franchise for what they did in, in their run to two world series appearances in one world series championship? Uh, is it fair to say it feels like this isn't over? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, for the Red Sox, I think whatever happened there, um, it, it, a couple things just kind of jump at me. It it seems like, um, is it really just the Astros and Red Sox? I mean, really? I mean, uh, it doesn't feel that way. Um, it feels like there was a punishment that occurred, and I, I think there was a, a a thought of, well, let's get the punishment out there, and maybe this kind of goes away in some way, shape, or form. The ironic part to me, m- 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 you know, baseball, I think to be uh, nice or kind, has been hesitant to sometimes – uh, adopt certain things. And amazingly, this actually probably could have been prevented with technology. Mm. I, ironically, the technology that has gotten in, that got, has now gotten teams in trouble, the very technology could have kept this from occurring. And so I'm perplexed by that. I, I really am. And, and, and you're telling me the Astros and the Red Sox are the only ones doing it. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. So I don't know what happens from here. I, you know, as a, as my like beloved socks, um, you know, I, I think now the more this goes on and you, then you kind of have Jessica Mendoza kind of, she was out there in the midweek that probably wasn't awesome for her. And then, and then, yeah, and then, the, then you had kind of this Jack McDowell, Tony LaRusa thing come out of literally left field. I mean, I don't where was that coming from? It just feels like there's more happening here. Doesn't it? I, I think so. I, I've heard, a lot of people talk about this over the course of the week and some of the better dialogue that I've heard around this is really like the Astros have been caught because they're the most high profile of the teams to do this, who had the most success and who sort of did it the best. And even though their system was just a guy banging on the trash can or whatever stupid thing they were doing, ultimately that's what it came down to, but it was more complex than that. Yes. That was their finish, which wasn't awesome. Didn't seem that way. But to get there in that short time frame, pretty good. Yeah. I remember reading a Sports Illustrated article about this like 25 years ago of like teams trying to steal signs. And I, and this has been going on forever. I mean, this isn't anything new. But I think it was almost like – so when, when the Red Sox got dinged for the Apple Watches a couple of years ago when they were using those somehow to coordinate signs and things like that, it seemed like when you started using technology, you'd sort of crossed the line essentially into, hey, this isn't – fair anymore it's one thing if the guy at second well i exactly i don't know i mean like that's just it but that's what it seems like major league baseball is saying is like hey if you're on second base and you're trying to you know obviously pitchers and catchers are smarter than this but in the old days you know you throw down two fingers and the guy like rubs his ear when he stands it on second to let the batter know hey it's going to be an off-speed pitch he's throwing a changeup or he's throwing a curveball 
that seems to almost be like within the realm of like, at least we're just communicating with each other person to person. Now, when you've got a radio antenna or there's a guy with a camera in left field or whatever, it almost feels like you've you've crossed sort of the normal realm of of cheating and you've taken this to another level that's not acceptable. I don't know. I, that It just seems like we've hit that point. Well, it, so a couple different ways. <laughs> One is I don't know when binoculars were born. So, but my guess is somewhere along the line, just me being able to see was good enough, I guess, in the cheat mode. But then if someone's in a stance and you don't know who they are because they have binoculars and then they're able to relay something, I mean, where does it all begin and end? I mean, where it should all begin and end is can we avoid these signals to some degree? I mean, like, like, can we ever get there? Like, could the manager be in the dugout and just say curveball? And the pitcher says, no, you know, with the glove over their face and the catcher doesn't have to do anything. That would sort of take away from the pitcher catcher relationship. I think that really changes the dynamic of the game a lot. I mean, that's but, but the technology catcher... has put us in that position. True. It's like going to it's like going into the it, so I'm not a professor. I don't teach a class. I would suggest that you the, the some of the best professors or best um, of anything evolve with the times. And my guess is if, you know, if you're not evolving and using technology in your classroom and it's available, that would seem either one stubborn or two doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You know, I mean, it, 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 I, I think I've heard that with doctors too. Like if they don't continue to evolve, if they kept using the way they did things in 1984, they'd get sued for malpractice. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, to me, base, that's where I baseball, why wouldn't you go in and like say, okay, so where is, where is the line with technology? But also if we use technology, is there any way to really intercept that at that point? So you're right. And I think that would be one way to take away, well, you could just, <laughs> you could somehow hijack the radio signal, I suppose. That'd be the next thing. You're going to have to start. It's going to be like World War II. We're going to have everybody's going to have to learn how to speak some other language. You ever seen the movie Wind Talkers, Bill? I mean, this essentially is what we're going to be going into, basically, if we go down that road. But um, I would say in this situation where right now the catcher is the one that is calling the pitches and the pitcher is just saying, yes, I like that or no. And obviously they have mound visits and there's all those things. If you let the manager dictate the pitches, you're taking that responsibility off the catcher's plate. And all of a sudden, the catcher is now just the guy that catches and throws. Get the manager out of there. He can just listen, right? Or he could talk, but you just put the glove over the face and just reverse it then. But how? uh, Why wouldn't the pitcher then be able to call it? Sure, that's true. And then the catcher can can say whatever they want to say to like, you know, however that goes and just say no. I mean, I just I think there's a way to do it. it. It just seems like is. How deep, and it'll be funny, funny, not funny. There's just no way I'm going to be convinced that it's just the Red Sox and Astros. No way. No way. No way. And so then, so that now what? Because they've already made an assessment on one team, but I'll tell you, if more stuff kind of comes out, there might be a complete reassessment period. It's a really sticky deal. It's not great. It's not great. It's just, it's, it's things for baseball. And there was the great quote earlier this week where, whoa, what a, a current pitcher mentioned, like, I would much rather 
pitch to a guy on steroids than pitch to a guy that knows exactly what I'm throwing to him. Like it, this, this seals so much worse than all the steroid stuff that we went through in the nineties, obviously in the years before that, we always think of baseball as being kind of this, you know, this sacred sport that has all these unwritten rules and cheating has always, always been a part of the game from spitballs to everything else. Pine tar, well, all this stuff. You always try and you always try and cheat. Sandpaper on the mound can't be great, can it? No, I mean this is this is sort of part of the game. I mean, a cork yeah. bat. Was it Joey Bell that that the, all those things blew out of his bat? Albert Bell. Albert, Albert Joey Bell, right? Oh. I mean, so whatever. <laughs> however it goes. I mean, whatever time frame that you were following him, I think he went from Joey to Albert. So Albert, don't call me Joey. So, but the uh, but I think his bat explode and, and I think he had tennis balls in there. So something like that. That wasn't good either. No, not great. Oh, a lot of not great things. Yeah. It seems like football and baseball because kind of the action stops and starts harder in a free flowing sport. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't see this as much in hockey. Yeah. You wouldn't see this in hoops. Yeah. Soccer where, where, where the soccer in, in, in really those three are dealing with is kind of, for lack of a better term, trying to sell a call. Yeah. Simulation. All of those three sports deal with that more than anything. Not probably so much the technology. Seems like they have advanced analytics to be able to kind of do the things they want to do and put the right people on the field. But their issue, if you're officiating that, is, you know, are you really hurt or not? Did you really get hit or not? Where does that fit in it? There's some things that are like, that person did not get hit at all. And they're down there writhing in pain. I'm not sure. Is that worse or better than what the Astros or Red Sox are purported to do? Yeah, it's a different kind of cheating because essentially (laughs) you're you're conning the referee. You're trying to find a way to get an edge, just like we've been talking about, but obviously in a very different in a very different way, but still a nefarious way, not not an honest way. I'm with you. Yeah, different kind of cheating, cheating. Cheating, cheating. Everybody likes to. If you're not cheating, you're not trying, though, Bill. Right? That's what Isn't they that, say, and I'm not a big fan of that either. I, I just, I figure, I'm a big fan of karma. Mm-hmm. I, I do think, I think things comes back to you. I think you do things the right way, and you know. But I, I think the Red Sox and Astros probably, you know, either either they were really good at it. That could be one. I think you know, or maybe they took it even to another level, or they figured out a better system to kind of you know get it to wherever it is. I will say this. How about this? I'll leave you with this one that the the Chaves family doesn't watch much TV together at this point in time. Our shows are now very limited because of just where we are in life. But the one we've kind of reengaged into again, uh, they're, they're not paying us to say this, but it's just the truth. It's the show survivor. I would say most of those challenges at the end become somewhat physical, but then you always need a sort of a puzzle solver, Alex Cora, I think, is a good puzzle solver. Mm. He's quick. I mean, really. I mean, because you you think about it, right? You you have to figure out how to do this in a very short amount of time and then get that thing relayed out into the field. So fairly impressive in that regard. The decoder could be someone. I mean, who knows what he does? But I think it'll be interesting, you know, because it, it, he's he's kind of a little bit of the face of it right now. But I still think there's more to come. I, I do believe there's way more to come. At the end of the day, we don't have a manager. But we still have our 2018 World Series championship. They've not taken that away from us. So I did see <laughs> where someone kind of maybe sort of tongue-in-cheek in Boston and only the way they can do it, I think, was uh, maybe we hire Joey Cora. 
Sure. Why not? Sure. That sounds about right. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, at least we signed Mookie Betts to an extension. Or at least to a, to a year. They avoided arbitration. Let's just, yeah. So not, it's not all negative. It's not all gloom and doom. So. Congratulations on Liverpool. That was a big win against Man U. You kind of, uh, I guess that was the only two points that you had lost all year. That's right. We avenged. avenged You're at a historic run right now. A truly historic <laughs> run. It just keeps going. They're unbelievable. Did you see the final goal, the Allison Becker goal kick? To Mo Salah from his own end, fighting off Danny James and scores to basically see. It was at the last kick of the game, obviously. They had already won the game, but it was just kind of Liverpool in a nutshell. Oh, it was just fantastic to watch. They're so much fun to watch. It's been a great season. They just have so many options. They just have so many. I mean, but they're, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Oh, it's Premier League will not be interesting. That's done. But, uh, but it'll be interesting, you know, uh, the run they make in Champions League. It'll be, it'll be, that, that'll be interesting because a, a lot of other quote unquote teams will be loading up for that, so to speak, it, it, depending on what they can load up with. That becomes now the next big challenge. Because at this, at this point, 16 points clear, like they're just miles ahead at this point. But we'll see. A couple big. Champions League matches coming up in February against Atletico Madrid. That'll be fun. And you get Leipzig. You get RB Leipzig as one of the best teams in the Bundesliga. We'll talk more about that in the future because I've got some interesting things about Leipzig. That There was a great article on ESPN.com not too long ago about this club, how it's kind of been born out of nothing in the last 10 years and how everybody hates this club so much. Oh, really? It's, it's Red Bull. So Red Bull, the Austrian energy drink company, is behind this. And people in Germany don't like that. So we're going to talk about that when Spurs Leipzig come around. So stick around for that in a couple weeks. Looking forward to hearing your reports from California and the NCAA convention coming up next Tuesday on our next podcast, Bill. That's right. Be released for Wednesday. So, uh, no, I, I think, uh, you know, it's a big, big week ahead. Always a big week as you're uh, sitting in January going to February. Always a big week. Awesome. Well, safe travels this week. Appreciate it. Thanks, Alex. Hope the temperature is above negative <laughs> 25. <laughs> <laughs> we know what happens. We know what happens when it's below. Oh, awesome. Wait. Just safety tips on the uh, on the pod. That's <laughs> Oh, he's built shaves. I'm Alex Sider. Our producer is Cassie Niles. Thanks again for listening. Enjoy all the UND athletics that are coming up this week, and we'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.